got the comforter over the mic. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's gonna like bump the mic a bunch if that's what got. Okay. Yeah, that's really cool. So, uh, I'm thinking about how to start the story. I'm resisting their urge to give it like a framing device, but context is kind of important. I want to just give everyone as much information as possible, see if anyone's seen anything similar. I, um, I saw something really weird near my parents' house, which is, you know, where I, where I grew up. I don't live anywhere near the area, um, in, in southwest Michigan, in a small, small town for context. And what I ended up experiencing happened to me about a month ago, but part of it, or, um, there's a part of the story that I saw when I was younger. So, not to kill the suspense or anything, but I think I saw, like, a haunted radio station building, but I don't want to call it haunted because it, it felt different. Nothing involving ghosts or anything. It was like... And, and the radio station building was completely abandoned and run down when I visited it last month. But I remember when I was young that I could literally see the top of the radio antenna from the window right next to my childhood bed in my room. And it was definitely turned on because I used to... And, and this is like a cute little anecdote. But when it was Christmas Eve every year, I remember seeing the red light blink. And I knew it was a radio tower when I thought about it for like, longer than five seconds, but for a split second every time, I used to think that it was, um, Rudolph's red nose. So I know that it wasn't always abandoned, but I guess I'll, I'll get into the story. So I'm an urban explorer. This is, this is not me getting into the story, so sorry. One last piece of context. So I'm an urban explorer, but mostly, like, a softcore explorer. That's not a term. That's just, that's just what I call myself. I have trespassed before, but I can count the number of times that I've done it illegally on my hands. Actually, probably only one of them. I think I only did it like five times. But I do love hiking in state parks and nature reserves and stuff, and exploring things like old campsites or old utility buildings, anything derelict and abandoned. I try to go out at night when I can. The night doesn't really um, bug me out at all, even if I go it alone. Actually, going alone helps me feel like I'm sneakier, and I don't have like a weapon or anything on me ever, but if I bring a flashlight and first aid kit and stuff, I feel pretty safe. I'm not... Uh, so, like, I do actually believe in ghosts, and maybe some stories, because, you know, a lot of abandoned places have stories, ghost stories, and that's sometimes part of the draw for some places and why they get popular, but ghosts never scared me also, I think. Okay, and this is, this is going to sound weird, but I, I tend to think that there's... Not much that, like, a dead spirit, or... Okay, so the spirit of a deceased person can do. I've, I've never heard of about a ghost doing serious damage to someone. Though I guess I haven't heard every ghost story. But, but, but suffice to say, ghosts and the night don't scare me. So, whenever I visit my parents for a weekend or something, I feel totally fine walking around town in the middle of the night um, after my parents go to sleep. I don't know if this is a thing for most people in their 50s, but my parents always go to bed around 9, so I don't, and I don't really have any close friends in the area anymore, so I tend to walk around at night to scratch that urban exploration itch. I, I don't know if my parents' town has a curfew or anything, but I've never been stopped by a cop before. Oh, also, I don't think I'm going to share the town, if that's okay. I don't, I guess I don't have a reason, but I, I don't want to. Thank you. 
Yeah, thank you. So, I walk around at night a lot when I visit, and my route takes me to a cemetery, which, you know, doesn't really bother me that much. And I know the cemetery doesn't actually have a curfew, so it's not like I'm trespassing. Not that it would stop me. Uh, and to bring this introduction full circle, the cemetery is right next to a small patch of forest, maybe only um, a dozen acres. And in that patch of forest is the radio tower that I was talking about. On this night, the light on top of the tower wasn't blinking, but it looked as though a patch of trees or something was cleared, because for the first time ever, I could see, like, through the patch, um, a building right next to the tower. And I've never actually gone into that forest, but I've never seen an actual building before from the tree line, so I assumed that trees were cleared. Oh, I should mention that the uh, that to the west of the graveyard is just cornfields, and to the east is the town's major road. The forest is to the north, and there's a, a fence blocking it off, but there isn't a fence blocking off the cornfield, so I could walk through there and get to the part where I could see the clearing. I'm so sorry. You get to a point where you listen to enough paranormal podcasts that you start diligently keeping track of every little weird detail when these stories, like, or when these sorts of weird things occur. And this was my first time dealing with something like this, like, no ghosts or UAPs or anything whatsoever up to this point. Yeah, thank you for dealing with, like, the obnoxious amount of disclaimers. It just, it helps me figure out what's up. Oh, yeah, bumping every microphone. Okay, so, cemetery at night. I see the clearing for the first time. I noticed that, uh, yeah, that's weird. I used to think that the radio station was running still. Because I never actually noticed a point in my life when the red light stopped. And my urban instincts kick in. I don't have anything useful on me besides my phone flashlight, but I'm wearing my hiking shoes. I, I don't know why, actually. It was a bit rainy, and I didn't want to, like, get my nice shoes wet. And I was wearing jeans and a flannel, so nothing would scratch me up. I walk through the cornfield. Obviously, the corn isn't growing at this point, because if you don't know, corn stalks will, like, scratch you the fuck up. And I walk over to the... complex, I want to call it? Okay, to set the scene. There is a clearing that used to be blocked by trees, but now the clearing is pretty much clear out to the cornfield. There are, like, two large buildings connected by an awning-type roof that joins the two buildings from the top with a sort of hallway in between. Three massive beat-up saucer arrays, a small shed towards the northwest corner, and, of course, the radio tower itself, with three different cables tethering it to the earth. I, th I think I don't actually know how these things work. However, it makes the clearing kind of have a triangle shape. And to top it all off, the whole thing is blocked off with a chain-link fence with decidedly menacing barbed wire on top. More brutal looking than the standard fare. There's a single gate, but it has two padlocks and an actual chain keeping it shut. Everything is in this chain link square except for the tower tethers, which you can touch, but I didn't think it was a good idea. I shine my light around. There are so many plants. It's overgrown. I definitely identified poison ivy. There wasn't any trash or anything, though there was in the forest closer to the cornfield, so people were definitely drinking, like, Coke with the modern label nearby, but nobody had ever brought any trash into the complex itself or the area blocked off by the fence. There wasn't even graffiti or anything. It was just overgrown with plants and lichen. I also noticed that there weren't any tire tracks or, like, any dirt whatsoever, even out to the main road. 
I walked around a bit, seeing if I could find a way to get in, and I get nothing. Then, towards the gate, I noticed that in between the gate and the fence was a small gap towards the top where I could probably get over. I just need to be really careful, and I would definitely scratch up a part of myself. I couldn't, uh, 100% squeeze through the gap in the barbed wire. I stepped onto the chain, which ironically helped with the climbing, and I got over. I did tear, or I did get a tear in my shirt, and I noticed a little blood. I know I need to, like, handle tetanus shot and stuff later, so, like, I definitely didn't think about this little venture enough at all. But when I noticed the tear in my shirt, it really hit me at that moment that this was the only way in and out of the complex, and I need to tear myself up again when I left. That was the first part of the night that I felt, like... A, like a small amount of fear but it didn't stop me from approaching the two buildings the easternmost building only had one door from the little covered hallway area but the westernmost building had two on both sides I, I don't remember if I mentioned but the three arrays is that what they're called? I, I don't actually know I keep wanting to call them antenna but that's definitely not the word you know dish I think they're called dishes or or is that, like, the thing you get for, like, TV? I'm, I'm getting distracted. You know what I'm talking about, though. God, don't let me try and set the scene anymore. I'm just gonna get lost in the weeds. Okay. The westernmost... No, the door on the easternmost building had a padlock on it, so there was no way I was going to get in. And so did the westernmost building on the door facing that building. But on the other side, that door was surprisingly both unlocked and... Or, um, there wasn't any padlock, and the doorknob itself was unlocked. And I remember right when my hand touched the metal on the knob, there was a definite feeling of fear. And I almost don't want to call it fear, because there wasn't a part of me that wanted to run away at all. It was almost, like, dread. Like, I wanted to get into the building, and I also knew that I wasn't going to look forward to it. I opened the door, and it turned out that the door... Er, and it turned out that the door that swung open it, it swung open into the inside of the building which I thought was weird the inside of the building had definitely been taken over by the elements there were spider webs everywhere and definitely a bunch of spiders but you know there's nothing too bad in Michigan wet leaves have gotten everywhere so the whole room smelled like mildew which also got onto old papers and documents that were scattered everywhere I was half expecting to find like old radio equipment or at least cases where the equipment might have been, but this room was more, like, bare of that sort of thing. There was a desk and a moldy office chair onto the right side, and a bunch of filing cabinets on the left-hand wall, and there were cabinets on the right side as well, but way less of them. I think the weirdest area of the room was the corner furthest from me, because there was an old mini-fridge and a microwave on top of it. Both were, like, fucking busted. And a table with seating, but it was, like, the sort of table that you know, like, in RVs, the kind where you pull a panel down from the wall and it forms a bed. I, did, I didn't touch it because that area had the most spiderwebs and I wasn't curious enough to see what the bed would look like. But from what I could gather, this was some sort of hybrid office space slash temporary living area. I imagined that most of the actual radio stuff was on the, or was in the other building. Actually, what I thought was a closet near the table bed thing actually turned out to be a tiny bathroom, but I didn't end up investigating over there, I think. Or, I mean, like, I looked into it, but I didn't investigate it. All of the papers that were scattered everywhere were water-damaged and faded, so it's not like I could read anything too in-depth, let alone pick up anything without destroying it. 
I actually have a folder where I keep papers and stuff that I find. I might make a scrapbook later, but I guess I haven't gotten around to it yet. From what I could make out, I could really only see either receipts or invoices for things, and I think somebody's payroll information, but like I said, I didn't really look into the wet papers after I tried to figure out a couple. That is, until I saw one document on the desk on the right-hand side of the wall that was actually weirdly dry. It was yellowed, and I think it even had a coffee ring stain on it, but it didn't have any moisture on it, which, like, I still haven't figured that out. And I actually have that document on me. I'll try to take it to, like, a print shop and scan it. Or, I guess I could take a picture of it later to show you, but I don't think my phone camera would do really well with that. But, it looked like a fax or something, and it was sent from somebody whose name was Frank Ludlow, though the receipt of the fax only went to somebody by the name of Mike, and then there was, like, like, Mike, comma, WFQR1340, or 1340, uh, which was the radio station call sign and frequency. The memo wasn't anything haunted, but apparently Frank was writing Mike about something along the lines of switching from an AM station to running an FM station, and then what looked like either receipts and I think some other legal-looking information to confirm that. And then at the bottom of the page, written out in actual ink, was the frequency for the FM station, which was WFQR 103.4. And I'm not a radio person at all. I looked up a bunch of this sort of thing on Wikipedia before I came on to call, but from what I could gather, this sort of switch would just be, like, kind of arbitrary. I, I guess it's more expensive, but at that point, I don't think there'd be a big enough difference to where the jump feels worth it. I didn't look into this nearly enough. Uh, I know that AM stands for amplitude modulation and FM stands for frequency modulation and then FM is newer, but yeah, that was like the one or that was the one intact document and it didn't really give any clues. I knew that the station wasn't on. I mean, like, obviously, it, but at this point, like, God, I don't know why I thought this because it doesn't make any sense now, but in my head, I thought, Maybe Mike moved to a new location. I wonder if he's still running the station. And it turns out that a lot of smartphones have an FM chip. So I went and downloaded an FM radio app. God, the more I talk about it, the more I have no idea why I thought this. But I downloaded the app and went to the station, and sure enough, I actually was able to tune into the station. Now, FM static sounds really weird. It's not just white noise. There, there's a bunch of, like, I guess interference and other stuff bleeding into the sound, so it's downright haunting if you just start tuning in on an abandoned place. But I was able to pick up music. I think it was a Pink Floyd song, um, the tail end of Us and Them. And I just kind of stood there for a while listening to it, um, and then I went to start going through the drawers, or trying to, because they were either locked or just jammed shut with rust. I could force open the middle drawer, um, the one you'd have above where you were sitting in the chair and pushed into the chair and in there were these wet documents, some old pencils and a keychain with a metal goat on it but no keys, nothing important I think for the rest of the song I just stood there listening and then and then a spider or some other bug even landed on me which like doesn't freak me out that much I was able to find that the last drawer that I checked, the bottom right one was actually um, open enough but the song ended, and I decided, or devoted most of my attention towards listening to that before looking. I don't remember exactly everything, but I think I got the key details. It was a man's voice, um, a low, bassy voice, with almost 
almost a southern drawl, but I'd, I'd say more like, I guess, cowboy? Uh, he said something along the lines of, thanks for tuning in to WFQR 103.4, we're bringing both the classics and the modern hits to your radio every day for all time. That line stuck out to me. Um, my name's Duvon, or Duvant or something, and then he was telling us about the songs that were playing. The first one was a Joan Baez song, I don't know her work, and then Us and Them, and then he said, up next we'll be bringing us closer to the present here, here's Man on the Moon by R.E.M. Nothing was too weird, the song just started playing. I guess there was a little FM-like interference, but that was just a consistent thing the whole time. I really only noticed it when Duvon was talking, but, like, not as much during the songs. And then I checked the drawer. Inside were a couple of old, moldy files and a handful of vanilla folders, and then a notebook that was slightly less moldy, but it still smelled like mildew. The envelopes had receipts for purchases of things like airtime, I think, and purchases of equipment. I didn't look at too many because they were kind of falling apart the more I looked through, but I did set aside the notebook for later. At the bottom of the drawer was a key, though amongst a few coins and paper clips, it wasn't like on a keychain or anything. It was a single key, but I definitely pocketed that. I went through the notebook, half expecting to find someone's journal to explain what was going on and why this place fell apart, but it was... It felt, it felt like something from a movie. Like, I get context at this point. I never find anything like this when I go urbexing, but it wasn't anything too interesting at first. There were a lot of just um, written out set lists, and a couple pages in, the person started writing down different things to talk about, I think. Different subjects that I guess whoever wrote about it thought would be interesting. Uh, the first one apparently involved him taking notes from a trucker about what it's like to do long-haul drives and what certain roads in America are like. And then there was one about ranking, I guess, fast food coffee or gas station coffee. It all felt pretty mundane, but it all had to do with staying up all night, so I guess there was a theme. Uh, there were a couple of doodles, and some looked like symbols, but nothing I recognized. And again, probably doodles, not like, you know, a pentagram or anything. Um, I'll send those over to you. I, I left the notebook behind. You'll see why, but I, I did take a few pictures when I when I saw the, um, the symbols. I guess, um, I suppose I'm getting into way too many details and not the meat of the story, but this sort of thing is was important to me to keep track of at the moment, and it might still be important. I've never heard a story like this, but maybe if someone knows about things like this, it'll help. I don't know. Add a puzzle piece to their puzzle, or um, their story. Anyway, the first actually weird thing started happening just then. I went outside, grabbed the key in the notebook to try to like, unlock some of the locked doors, and then I looked up and the red light was flashing. Like, the actual beacon light, or whatever it's called, to the radio station I was currently at. The power wasn't on, there wasn't any noise or anything, but the light was up, like a couple hundred feet above my head, and was just silently flashing, on and off. The sense of dread just immediately came back, and still, I didn't feel like I had to run away, but I felt as though I... I guess I felt the feeling you get when you have to have a horrible conversation with someone, like, share some really bad news. I wasn't looking forward to what I was going to find. 
but I wanted to find out anyway. I was definitely hypnotized, and I got real slow. My, um, my movements were just like molasses. I went to try the doors to the other buildings, and nothing worked. I wasn't even excited or scared. I was just doing a task. I wanted to walk towards the shed. I mean, what I really wanted to do was get into the other building, which I assumed was the recording studio, or whatever the DJ term for that is for radio work. There weren't any windows or anything, but there was a vent in the side of the building that I could just sort of peer into, and my view was very obstructed, but it was, it was, it was fucked up. First of all, all of the furniture, desks, tables, chairs were smashed and thrown around. There were actual symbols spray-painted, or even painted normally, black, but uh, through the slats I couldn't make out any of them. What I could make out, however, was writing in English, and it was on the back wall, and all it said was the shed. And the dread came back, but still, no fear. I was curious, but I didn't question any part of this. Uh, the fucked up furniture didn't read as a red flag, it was just kind of this piece of a puzzle, and I wanted more pieces. Uh, and then slowly, methodically, I walked in between the dishes towards the shed, and I tried the key, and it worked. I clicked the lock, or, um, I unlocked the door, and as soon as I heard the click, I snapped out of whatever was going on in my head, and my first impulse was to check the notebook again. The more I talk about this, the more I'm realizing that my actions weren't, like, the, the rational actions I would normally have. I was acting on impulses that, that I guess I knew were right, but I didn't have any reason to have those impulses. They came out of nowhere, and I was hypnotized. It was really hard to hold the notebook open and have the phone flashlight working at the same time, but I was flipping through the notes in the book as best as I could until I found, like, something or anything useful, and it was driving me crazy. It was just playlists and notes and nothing weird. I was desperately trying to figure out some fucking, like, environmental storytelling through the notebook, but nothing was happening. It was actively making me angry instead of, like, afraid. But the last thing that was written in the book both gave me some context and freaked me the fuck out. It wasn't notes, it was just an entirely different um, handwriting, and it, it just said, I know what you want, and I know what makes you curious, and I know what changes you ignore, and I know the siren song for everyone. Every emotion came back. Everything that I should have like noticed was weird from the beginning started feeling weird again. I actually threw the book towards the fence, and then I realized that if something was in there, I was trapped with it. I wouldn't be able to jump the fence in time. The red light continued flashing above me. The radio app on my phone just completely tuned to the um, creepy FM interference. The song got drowned out. I wasn't remotely curious enough to open the door to the shed further. I just quickly moved to the gate. I ran to it. The chain that I saw earlier was on the floor now. That had changed, so I couldn't step up on it. I had my back to the gate and kept darting my eyes everywhere, shining my weak-ass phone flashlight to see if something was in there with me, but I couldn't see anything. But I knew I was trapped in there with something. A thought then creeped into my head. Go open the door to the shed. And I knew then that whatever was trying to, like, possess me, I guess, showed its hand, because it was the same sort of thought that I had before. Uh, the thought that wasn't my own, but I could recognize it now. Whatever was trying to get me had had made a mistake. Uh, I tried pulling the gate open instead, and it wouldn't budge, but then I actually tied the chain itself, like, 
to itself while pulling it through the gate. And and then I stepped up and I got a hole on the top and then the chain fell and then I ended up I ended up bumping into the barbed wire and I cut my sides up real bad, but I bit the bullet and I jumped over the fence. The voice in my head had stopped trying to be subtle and persuasive and now it was screaming, like an actual voice that was different from my own. Um and it just said, Go open the door to the shed. Like that thought was in my head until I fucking booked it out of there. I started running when I hit the cemetery. My arms and sides and, like, flannel were bloody and ripped, but I made it. And I knew I made it because all of my thoughts were my own again. Like, I was out of this thing's range. Um, I could still see the station and the building and the light, and it was on still. But I wasn't curious anymore. I, I saw it, and I knew fear, and I knew I had to run. <sighs> Something had tried to um, trap me. I don't, I don't know if the building was real or any of it, the names, the radio station... I'm not the kind of person to keep this thing to myself. I told my parents, especially after they saw my arm and the next day, and then they thought I was weird, which I figured would be the case, but they said that they had never seen a red light ever in their whole time living in that town. So, and this is the broadest, least sensible speculation ever, but something had planted a memory in my head since I was a kid, or it was something that only I could ever see. I'm an only child, so it's not like anyone else in the house would have seen it if my parents didn't. It, it, it fabricated something, and I don't know if any, like, radio people were also trapped by something, or if the whole radio thing was just made up, but my observations and my memories were, I don't know, changed or something? Like, obviously I didn't stick around for answers, but this is the first time I've heard about anything like this. I don't walk through the cemetery anymore, but from the street by it, like, I can still see, see the building in the clearing and the tower. And, and my parents recognize that there's a tower there. They've, they've just never seen the red light. So, you know, it's still out there, which is part of the reason why I want to keep the town name a secret. No one should check that out, not even an expert, if there are experts in anything like this. It happened too fast. If the entity at the radio station was slower at trying to get me to go to the shed, or if it gave me more information more of a narrative, um, more details about what the station could have been and what went on to make it abandoned, less weird symbols and things without any actual explanations. If it were different, I would be dead. I, I wouldn't have questioned anything. I know myself, and I know I have wanted to figure it out, and if it were paced better, it was, it was just too fast. I, I don't know what it would have... I don't want to know what it would have done to me, but I don't think I would have survived. The ghosts haven't killed people ever, as far as I know, but this this wasn't a ghost. I don't know what this was, but it's going to fuck me up for a while, I guess. I'm curious if anyone who listens to this has ever experienced anything similar, I guess. If, if I know people have survived it, it wouldn't freak me out as much, but... Something is bad out there. I, I never believed in a force like that, and... I'm crazy, I know. Like an evil force? Something demonic? Um, now I do. <sighs> yeah, that's my that's my story. Nothing bad has happened to me since. Nothing nothing weird has happened to anyone I know. I don't urban explore anymore. Uh, you can if you want. This this has never happened to anyone I know. I'm I, like I'm not gonna call the cops or anything on the building. I don't. I don't, I don't think that would work, I guess, but, yeah, sorry, I, I started off okay, but the more I got into the story, the more, 
uh, worked up I got, I guess. I guess I'm like traumatized by it. That's okay, I can, I can admit that.